In this episode, I discuss with Paul Siebert, e-commerce director at SCG Team, about the challenges brands face in supply chain and inventory management, the integration of ERP and e-commerce, and the emerging opportunities of shoppable video and social commerce. We explore the importance of sales in the international market, the expansion of channels and social media, the role of video and e-commerce, and the impact of AI on the industry. The conversation concludes with a discussion on market micro-conditions, digital transformation, and the importance of clearing the clutter to think ahead. Join us on another exciting episode about the ever-changing world of e-commerce. Welcome to the Ecom Pulse, your heartbeat to the world of e-commerce. Join us as we meet industry leaders, innovative entrepreneurs, and passionate professionals who are at the forefront of the e-commerce revolution. From groundbreaking technologies to marketing magic, Ecom Pulse is your insider's guide to all things e-commerce. So plug in, gear up, and get ready for a pulse-pounding journey into the heart of e-commerce. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Ecom Pulse podcast. I'm Eitan Kotter, your host. I'm very excited to have a conversation today with Paul Siebert, e-commerce director at SCG Team. Paul, how are you? Welcome to the show. Doing great, Eitan. It's great to be a guest uh, on the podcast today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, to, for you to be here. I've been, you know, searching about you, reading about you. You've done so many things and it's in, in e-commerce and I would love, love, love to hear more about that. So, Paul, let's start uh, with your personal journey. Please share with us about your professional experience and, you know, what, what are the things that you've accomplished during, you know, all these years in e-commerce and what are you focusing on these days? So I tend, uh, I've been uh, very fortunate uh, in the fact that, uh, you know, growing up in the Boston area, um, uh, traversing through many uh, venture-backed, venture capital-backed uh, startups and, and larger companies in the Boston area, okay. um, and uh, then had the opportunity to work at NetSuite, um, which, uh, as, as many of your um, listeners know, uh, a lot of your audience members know is um, uh, one of the world's uh, largest cloud-based uh, ERP systems. Sure. I was really uh, asked to uh, to help found the uh, Sweet Commerce Advanced uh, e-commerce division there at NetSuite uh, through the Oracle acquisition. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, you know, with that experience working with a lot of uh, mid-sized small businesses as well as some of the larger enterprises on uh, Oracle NetSuite. Uh, then traversed into having my my own firm, uh, which really concentrates on that intersection of ERP and e-commerce. Yes, it's really amazing. So you've been um, on the technology company side with some of the venture capital experiences, obviously moved to a larger enterprise uh, with the acquisition of NetSuite, by Oracle acquisition of NetSuite. Today you are managing a, a SCG team, right? You're focusing on really exciting projects. So Let's dive in a little bit. What you do in SCG? What you and your team are doing there? What's the focus areas that you take within the e-commerce landscape? So, um, I tend a lot of times uh, we are working with clients uh, that are 
using uh, e-commerce platforms, be it uh, Shopify Plus or uh, Big Commerce uh, yep. or even NetSuite's own Sweet Commerce Advanced. Um, and then they have these needs to connect those uh, front-end web stores, uh, be it B2C or, uh, as we all know, uh, direct-to-consumer is a very um, hot trend and topic in, in e-commerce. Sure. Um, so how do they uh, – and then as well, uh, we've seen with the pandemic um, and the after effects of the pandemic, all yep. of the emphasis on supply chain. Really, um, yep. efficiencies there with uh, warehousing and distribution, and so a lot of the clients that we work with have these business requirements or needs to connect the two sides of the house. So you yes. have the front end, uh, either B two B, B two C, or or both in e commerce, and then you need to connect that to your back end, so your warehouses, sure, sure. your uh, distribution. Uh, your marketplaces, your big box retailers, uh, mm -hmm. Amazon marketplace, those kinds of things. Yes. So, so what are the main challenges that you see from the brand side these days in terms of supply chain, inventory management? What are the pain points that usually, you know, they reach out to you for help? Well, it really starts with the basics and, and the, the fundamentals, which really center around integration. Yep. So. Uh, integration of not just the core shopping cart uh, with the uh, back-end warehousing and inventory management, uh, but also the configuration of, let's say, a warehouse management system, uh, getting that mm -hmm. um, so that it's, it's well-connected so that you can do things like uh, provide on the front-end, when you have a good, solid integration between the front-end and the back-end, you can do things like uh, offer clients um, shipping windows that are very accurate. You can offer them very uh, accurate um, rates and uh, calculations for their shipping costs. You can offer yes. them different shipping methods. So those kinds of things are, are really paramount and, and more uh, what we call the, the foundations. Yes, obviously taxes, shipping, billing, all these functionalities and also flexibilities that obviously are 100% required in any front ends these days, right? Customers, consumers are expecting a lot of options in terms of payment methods, shipping options, uh, and variety of uh, functionalities around that. And uh, usually, obviously, there, there is a, a requirement that's coming from the shoppers themselves, right? And, and so there is the, on the one side, we have the shoppers requirements and things are changing so fast, right? In terms of the way we purchase. And obviously, the backend platform, the infrastructure needs need to support that. So, in your experience and from the opportunities that you see, most of these capabilities are like provided in house, or usually the brands are going like outsourcing. You know, all these functionalities. What are the trends that you see? I mean, are they trying to focus on their core business, which is you know products marketing, or they also you know try to take more responsibility on their supply chain inventory, or just outsourcing this completely? So that's a great question, uh, Itan, and, and you know, with with your experience um, uh, with uh, shoppable commerce, um, yep. you know, you you really see that that that's really the driving force, um, and and we typically have in these mid market, small and, and mid mid sized businesses, yes. uh, what yes. we're really seeing is that there's some specialization in terms of user communities within that organization. Uh -huh. So you might have an initiative where there's an advanced marketing 
let's say it's video shoppable commerce. Okay. Um, and you're running a promotion. You need to tie that shopping commerce product, that application that you're using to provide that, that video shopping platform. You need to integrate that in with the back end and display yep. that, uh, let's say a promotional code, have it follow through. Maybe you're going to offer only certain items uh, as part of that promotion. Yes. Um, and and so then you have a constituency group within that organization. Let's say it's the marketing manager mm -hmm. uh, or someone that's in charge of sales. And it's really, um, you know, how do you interface with their team? They have, uh, are you dealing with just one or two individuals that are maybe the department heads? And yep. in those types of situations, you have to be prepared as an agency, like SCG team is, to yes. not just work with whatever staff the client has. Uh, they might be working with an outside marketing agency. Okay. Let's say that um, they are uh, producing video using a third-party video agency to use yes. as the actual uh, uh, payload or delivery for the promotion. Yes. Um, so we might have to uh, wear a couple different hats and interface with those different um, constituency groups. But uh, again, going back to the fundamentals, um, what our clients uh, count on us for is to really pull that whole thing together uh, to keep all those moving pieces in place and to make sure at the end of the day, they have, um, in, in the example that we just used, a successful promotion. Sure, sure. So obviously, in this type of project, there is a, like a first phase of probably discovery and further investigation of, you know, the existing infrastructure or tech stack or team or staff in place, right? And then you obviously analyze it, come up with some recommendations and uh, like how to do things and how to implement and how to change processes. And what about the implementation itself? I mean, how much are you involved in the implementation and the implementation of the various you know, processes and, and technologies within this type of environment. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's again, very insightful, I tend. So um, yeah. really what we're seeing is that, um, you know, to help these companies um, really uh, mitigate uh, whatever challenges they're facing, um, you know, uh, it takes um, um, an agency that can traverse all of these different platforms and that has experience and expertise that's very deep uh, in these selected platforms. Yes. Um, so that's one of the challenges that is faced by mid-market and small businesses uh, in e-commerce is not having access to all of the different levels of expertise across these different platforms uh, throughout their tech stack. And that's where really where our agency comes into play. Exactly. Um, and, and so to, to really evaluate these scenarios and to help um, accurately estimate the time frame for delivery yeah. and also the correct technical approach. Um, we have a, a, a very uh, advanced uh, engineering team, certainly, but also mm -hmm. the consulting team. Uh, and what we've done is we've really incentivized them uh, to go through all the certifications and the trainings uh, for all of the various platforms. So uh, on a typical project team that a small or medium-sized business might be assigned, yes. uh, they're going to have access to uh, not just myself personally in, in project oversight, uh, all the benefit of, of the experience that I have, uh, not just my ability to uh, be the primary project stakeholder on the SCG team side, mm -hmm. uh, but also to make sure uh, that they have access to 
uh, trained consultants that can traverse not just NetSuite ERP, but also their warehouse management system, their sales and use taxes, their payment gateway, yeah. uh, and yeah. then you know also the e-commerce platform. And so sure. to do that, we partner with a lot of great companies uh, so that we can fully service and support uh, those applications so we can cover whatever our clients want to accomplish yes. in yes. terms of e-commerce. Yes. So obviously you are involved in direct-to-consumers opportunities and also like B2B opportunities. And in a B2B scenario, I mean, usually what we see also is more, uh, um, I would say, diverse type of requirements or more uh, comprehensive type of requirements where there is an ERP in place or an ERP that needs to be updated and upgraded. And there is an e-commerce e and they need to interact between uh, themselves, right? And provide some various aspects of purchasing, like more uh, payment options and quotation systems. And I'm sure that once uh, you are uh, interacting with these type of opportunities, then there is the concept of, you know, digitization or digital transformation concept, right? So what do we do with the CRP system? What do we do with the e-commerce system? Are they need to be updated? They need to work with, with, with one another? And how do we make this like a future-proof for at least for the next three to five years to make this work? So let's try to dive in. I think it's a very, very exciting topic about the intersection of e-commerce and ERP. Let's drive in on this specific use case. And uh, I would love to, for you to share more. What do you see in the market right now? Based on your ease of experience, what do you usually recommend you know, customers? And what are the major trends that you see you know, in this specific scenario? Yeah, that's another great question, uh, Itan. So... Um, essentially, it, it harkens back to my pedigree and my experience at companies like Oracle and NetSuite, um, and, and we really get into the, the nitty-gritty uh, where the rubber hits the road with consulting yeah. uh, and, and our uh, consulting practice, um, being able to give the correct approach at the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to go back and, and correct a project plan that has uh, the incorrect technical approach. So that's one thing that we really focus on. We're very engineering centric to make sure that we don't wall off any uh, opportunities for integrations uh, that our clients um, may need. Uh, sure. Certainly there's a, a, an aspect of turnaround uh, to some of our work. Uh, sometimes we have to undo uh, what may be a, another agency, uh, maybe that, that didn't have the expertise to traverse both e-commerce and ERP in the back end. Mm -hmm. Um, but it really gets back to the basics of the, the current state of a client and the future state and correct documentation of their current state and the project plan, the derivation of the project plan from the correct requirements that have been uh, gathered. And, and I always use the term elicitation of requirements. I always tell my team, um, I, I tend to repeat myself when I speak with them in our morning standups, but, but one of the big um, uh, you know, sayings that we have here at SCG team is, is really, you know, to, to make sure that we get it right the first time, uh, and to make sure that we properly, uh, document, uh, mm -hmm. the requirements, um, into uh, a statement of work and, and a detailed project plan. Yes. Yes. So, so what are the special characteristics of uh, an ERP evaluation or ERP integration with, a, with, a, in a, with an e-commerce? Obviously, it's quite different than, you know, a small size brand. It might have like an accounting platform or some product management platform and probably email marketing, but ERP is much more 
a comprehensive type of platform that deals with a lot of aspects of the business. Um, what are you usually, you know, projects, this type of projects entails? I mean, are you also uh, working on the ERP upgrade itself and, and also on the e-commerce side? Or let, if you can share more details on that specific scenario of, of ERP e-commerce implementation. Yes. Um, so uh, SCG team has always uh, been founded on the principle of, and, and, and we launched this agency with a, with a great deal of clarity um, ab- around the fact that we wanted to exist at that very intersection of ERP yeah. and e-commerce. So yeah. ERP, as you say, enterprise resource planning, it's, it really encompasses all aspects of a company's operations. Um, and so one of the first steps is really documenting um, their ERP. Do they have one in place? Uh, mm-hmm. Are they interested in finding out more about ERP and what types of ERPs are out there, either mm-hmm. on-premise, as, as we used to say, yes. uh, shrink-wrapped software that's installed on, on servers that you know, coexist or are located right on the company's property, uh, versus a cloud-based ERP like a, like a NetSuite. NetSuite, yeah. So that's the first step is to find out, you know, do they have an existing ERP? Is this a migration from, let's say, a QuickBooks to a true mm-hmm. cloud-based ERP like NetSuite? So there's a lot yep. of work that we do there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whether they have NetSuite currently or, or they're interested in, in obtaining other modules of NetSuite or another cloud-based ERP like an Epicor uh, or an Infor, uh, which are some others that we work with. And of course, there's QuickBooks Online. Um, but but one of the next steps is to find out what uh, operations uh, exist outside of the ERP in, in addition to e-commerce. So we know that we're going to integrate uh-huh. their e-commerce platform with their backend. But what other applications are maybe not currently integrated into their ERP system? So that might include something like a warehouse management system or what we call a 3PL, which stands for third-party logistics, which, as you know, uh, is um, another company that's going to store the inventory of an e-commerce operation uh, and then fulfill those orders on demand. So um, we like to follow what we call the 100% rule, which means that um, for all of the aspects of the company's operations, we have all of those uh, listed out into our project plan, all of those operations, integrations, and tasks. And that's the uh, what we elicit the um, and derive the project plan from. Yes. It's not like we're a, a bunch of hunter-gatherers going out there and picking up the requirements off the field where, they're, where yeah. they lie. It's, it's really about asking the right questions and, and really getting those uh, detailed uh, answers and requirements from the client. Yeah. Usually, you know, they know they need to make a change and they, they need some something new, right? But it's very difficult, you know, to define exactly what it is. And then you come in, you know, bring in your experience and asking the right questions so they can have like a, maybe a future-proof uh, thinking of what's required to put in place to support, you know, the future demand. Um, so in terms of the supply chain inventory management, that, that backend side, I mean, there are like various models in the market, obviously. I mean, there are a lot of great companies in the U.S. who are providing warehousing and shipping services. Some of them are also providing, you know, software to manage that. And, you know, there are like dropshippers and, you know, various, you know, aspects. 
what what do you see in terms of the major challenges these days in this uh, in these sectors of uh, you know managing inventory and supply chain and how do you see this evolving you know in the following years so um another great question i tan um we're seeing some trends with um major involvement with smaller and smaller brands uh-huh. uh with 3pls yeah. um and we're also seeing a trend in uh, the adoption of very sophisticated warehouse management systems. And, and again, the adoption of these increasingly sophisticated warehouse management systems by midsize and, and smaller size companies. And it's really uh, to maintain their competitive advantage uh, with the pandemic, the shift to remote work. Uh, we're seeing an increase in competition. Mm-hmm. Certainly there's a, a bigger demand from both B2B and B2C customers uh, for uh, tightened shipping windows or advanced shipping options. And to be able to deliver those, we're really seeing more and more adoption of 3PLs and and warehouse management. Yes. What about domestic versus international? Do you see any trend in the market? I mean, brands are looking for international market or they're still totally focused in the US. What are your thoughts in terms of geographies and you know, international markets in general? Yeah, another great question. So we've really always emphasized with our clients on the e-commerce side, uh, seeking additional uh, international marketplaces. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Certainly, there's always the usual suspects of Canada here in in the North American market. Um, And But what we're seeing is really the adoption of international uh, buying and selling capabilities and functionalities on the platform level. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're really seeing that uh, with a big emphasis with Shopify and Shopify Plus with their markets additions. Correct. Um, yep. A lot of yep. different uh, features coming out. And then also another one of our major partners, Big Commerce, um, mm-hmm. really coming out with a lot of internationalization features, a lot of technologies around. Uh, automatic translation based on generative AI, uh, and that's really aimed at opening up international markets. Um, certainly, you know we we always recommend a first step is Canada, uh, but there's a lot of other great markets in Europe, uh, sure, certainly sure. in Asia that are opening up. And then also we think about reverse logistics and the uh, supply chain uh, for finished goods, uh, not just you know shifting from uh, China, which had you know an amazing uh, you know, shipping uh, scenarios for for many of our merchants, yes. uh, but also to different markets, uh, and then all the software that's necessary for that. So maybe you're yeah. getting yeah. your garments now from Vietnam or Cambodia. Uh, maybe you're getting some electronic devices actually manufactured in India now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so like you that. see brands jumping the bandwagon. I mean, they're taking this step of, you know, challenges of taxes and shipping and, you know, different marketing, different languages, uh, you still encourage customers to think about it and grow, grow internationally, right? It's still a very, very important part of growth these days, right? Yes. And uh, you brought up the ever uh, important topic. You know, ITAN, it's always death and taxes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, uh, sales and use taxes are, are just so so important with the international markets. And we're seeing a lot of that with, with some of our uh, sales and use tax partners, where they're really putting an increased emphasis on uh, the ability uh, to calculate uh, and, and to have that uh, knowledge or that content, as they say in sales and use taxes, uh, for the different uh, 
tax codes uh, mm-hmm. and rates in international markets. So again, Europe, a big uh, uh, suspect there. Uh, and then, you know, being able to sell uh, these, um, uh, let's say, medical devices in European markets. It's, it's yes, a very, yes. uh, again, uh, our platform providers are putting a lot of emphasis on that for international markets. And we are seeing exactly. a fair amount of uptake uh, with some of our clients. Yes. Yeah, so this is a very, very important topic. And so what are your thoughts on, you know, D2C brands, for example, adding, you know, a B2B component to their business or even, you know, go to Amazon or, or you know, trying to sell on, you know, various channels like social media and all people are, you know, companies are trying to find ways to compete, right, and to increase revenues and even happy to share their revenues with other channels, right? So I'm sure that you also see this as a major demand, right? lately definitely in the last year and also for sure planned for 2024 adding more and more channels to existing right platforms in order to try to find ways to scale so i just uh, wanted to have you know have your thoughts on uh, on this uh, way of implementing these type of cap- capabilities to existing platform and how do you see these trends of going to social and going to additional marketplaces you know, for increasing sales. Yeah, so I see. I'm seeing two 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 big trends there. Uh, I tend so. Uh, first of all, we're seeing that the marketplace integration um, with uh, Amazon Marketplace certainly fulfillment by Amazon. We talked uh, earlier about you know that uh, multi homes for multi homing of your inventory uh, and that yep. software to tie all that together. Um, we're seeing that as not just a competitive advantage as, as it's been in the last few years, but now it's really a prerequisite. I, and prerequisite, again, correct. we're seeing that move down the chain from the enterprise into the mid-market, smaller companies yes. uh, selling on Amazon, uh, mm-hmm. needing consultative advice on how to sell on Amazon, how to do those types of big box retailer integrations. How do I take my uh, luxury apparel and sell it into uh, retailers like Nordstrom Rack, Saks Fifth Avenue, Macy's. Yep. Uh, how do I do that with EDI or, or what we call electronic data interchange format? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're seeing that become more and more important to companies that are you know again in that mid market and, and even smaller. Yeah. And then on the the second part of that is really these advanced technologies that are coming out for the front end for. Uh, uh, marketing on social media. So sure. uh, we're seeing a lot of trends with the popularity of video, right? Uh, so, and, and also the, uh, the fact that so many companies in so many different industry verticals have figured out now how to leverage video. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs and, and creators uh, that have started companies, particularly in the D2C space, mm-hmm. and, and we're seeing what they're doing on, on video. And it's TikTok, it's Instagram, it's uh, Reels and Stories, um, and and then yep. of course it's YouTube Shorts and YouTube. So we're seeing that um, being a, a very significant trend, uh, not just for D to C and direct to consumer, uh, but also now increasingly for B to B. Yes, uh, it's it's introducing things like product reviews, user guides. Uh, what we used to call material safety data sheets, getting that information in a more consumable format and, and really using that as a, a leverage for branding. 
that's sure, what, sure. what we're really seeing. I mean, video is such an important component in any marketing budget, right? I mean, these days, it's probably the largest expense, you know, for video, video production, creating all these short forms, long form for training, interaction with the UGC creators, influencers, and the ability to integrate this in, in a very intelligent way into, into the platform. And, and video is such a, really such an important uh, component. But on the other hand, I feel that, you know, brands are, you know, feeling the pressure that they need to do to move and to be more authentic, more interesting, more emotionally triggered, triggering, you know, activities by shoppers. Uh, but, you know, they don't know, and probably the industry is still learning, right? How to, how to use video in the correct way. Obviously Indeed. we have, we have, we have like the traditional TV shopping channels, like the QVC and HSN, right? Which are still you know, thriving. They're still doing an amazing you know, business volumes of GMVs on their platforms, but it's new and emerging, you know, short form videos that still needs to be proven that is valid for shopping, right? There is a lot of hype, definitely. You know, the TikTok is encouraging creators or brands to spend like two hours doing live events to sell products for the algorithm to work in their favor, right? So, I mean, it's still, uh, um, you know, so many, I, we are in the early stage of real, you know, effective adoption of video. And, you know, uh, definitely the technology companies and, um, you know, the e-commerce uh, platform technology companies are already providing these type of solutions. But I feel that, uh, you know, the brand and the market are still struggling to implement it in the right way because video is not just technology. It's also the art of scripting and the production and the setup and the lightning. And are you going to do, go into a fully polished production or it's going to be like a 20-second really authentic, unpolished type of video, what's working, right? So what do you hear from customers? What do you hear from customers on, on you know, video and interactivity and new way of purchase, you know, on social? So um, I think you hit the nail right on the head in uh, terms of the, the amount of work um, that, that's really required for uh, these companies, particularly in the mid-market and, and small businesses. And what we always coach them is is to not get overwhelmed and to really leverage and take advantage of some of the great tools uh, that are out there that we're seeing in the marketplace uh, yep. around generative AI. So, um, yes. you know, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, direct-to-consumer uh, uh, folks are really ahead of the curve, but really for, B to, for B2B and wholesale distribution clients, uh, again, we coach them uh, to try and leverage some of these AI tools, many of which are built into the platforms themselves. And we're mm -hmm. seeing you know, a rapid adoption of new features uh, through the, the APIs using uh, uh, AI, uh, like open a uh, AI's uh, chat GPT, chat GPT, for instance, yeah. As, yeah. as sort of a cognitive engine, really adding uh, some, some features and functionality into video platforms. So some of the obvious examples are help with scripting, right? Uh, help with, um, you know, some of the uh, production values in terms of, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, virtual sets and so forth. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we encourage people to just, just get going uh, and to adopt some of these platforms that have some of these uh, more advanced yes. features. Yes. What, what do you see in terms of AI? And probably this is an, an next topic we, we need to cover. How how do you see this, you know, evolving in 2024? Where do you see this like implemented across the value chain? 
uh, from from supply side to demand side and what are your thoughts on AI in general? How do you see this evolving you know, in the following year? So I think generative AI in the e-commerce space and the ERP space has a lot to offer in terms of data management. And okay. we talk a lot about data migration and content. Uh, when we migrate between platforms, when we integrate platforms, we're really talking about data. Uh, you know, we have a couple of uh, team members here at, at SCG a mm-hmm. team that, that really focus on ETL or extract, transform, and load operations. Yeah. They work with applications like Informatica. And I think that uh, sort of under the radar, uh, people aren't really talking about it as much. Some of the generative AI features in the platform, like generating product descriptions, uh, we, we talked about translations earlier uh, today. Um, yeah. You know, that that certainly uh, has a lot of visibility. Uh, but when we talk about uh, generative AI and the ability to, to generate test data, uh, to help with the migration of data, to fill mm-hmm. out data that might be incomplete, uh, I think that's where we're going to see some big advances in the next 12 to 24 months. Yes, yes, yes. So with this adoption of AI in various places in the value chain, how do you see the staffing, right, on the brand side? you know, supporting these processes. I mean, obviously, it's, it can't be the same, right? Different type of expertise, different type of tasks are required. So how do you see the stuffing, you know, that needs to support, you know, the future of e-commerce and the adoption of AI? So I do see it uh, trending to be um, a little bit more of a specialized um, field in terms of, you know, your your company you, that you're currently working with. Let's say you have a, an agency that you're working with for uh, e-commerce. They are going to develop um, uh, skills that center around the correct use of generative AI uh, yeah. to really leverage, uh, uh, to do more with less. So I think uh, AI right now is g- gaining a lot of headlines for uh, maybe being related to a lot of the layoffs that we're seeing in the tech industry. Yes. I think what you're really going to find is that uh, long term, in the next uh, two, three to five years, you're going to see that the impact was really that this is a new set of tooling uh, mm-hmm. for companies to use. Uh, and certainly, um, I think a lot of these advanced capabilities that an agency that has trained personnel uh, uh, that's that's really working and generating this uh, uh, output at such high levels, I think you're going to see more and more uh, that the companies themselves will be able to do a lot of that work. Um, These tools will get more and more accessible to a broader range of of folks. A, A great example is what our team is able to do uh, using uh, large language models, generative AI, mm-hmm. in terms of coding. Uh, you know, our programmers are much more productive, but keep yep. in mind they're engineers. So, so they're able <laughs> yeah. to leverage uh, that very well as opposed to yes. a non-technical business person. And I think in the next 24 months, uh, three years out, you're going to see a lot of these advanced uh, capabilities are going to be in the hands of, of uh, John Q. Public. Yes, yes. So, Paul, how do you see the current uh, macroeconomics, you know, conditions with inflation going down in the U.S.? I mean, do you see more optimistic you know, environment from the brands and retailers? How do you feel that is going to influence shopping, you know, in the U.S. in 2024? 
Yeah, so we are seeing a lot of caution out there in the marketplace, and I think that's reflected in the uh, recent uh, Wall Street returns. Of course, yeah. uh, you know, I, I always watch with interest uh, Oracle's okay. uh, earning Oracle. reports and, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know uh, the, uh, the Magnificent Seven. You know, I think they've all been affected uh, by this, but we really see that turning around. Uh, it's going to be a very contentious year with the election and so forth. Uh, so we see a little bit of malaise continuing uh, okay. maybe into the summer. Uh, mm -hmm. But we think that uh, with the election concluding, there's going to be a, a lot of clarity amongst the business community. And I think that um, many of the business leaders and the clients that we're working with are already sort of wakening up uh, from the holiday doldrums as we uh, go yep. into February and that prime uh, selling season. Uh, they're looking to uh, pick up projects that uh, were delayed, delayed, yeah. uh, maybe uh uh, new initiatives uh, along the lines of what we've spoken of today. And I think we're going to see a gaining and, and growing optimism among the business community as they really realize, uh, and I'm seeing this more and more every day, wow, we have access to so many tools now that are going to allow us to do so much more with less, to reach so many new customers mm -hmm. in different markets. And we're going to be able to do all of that for a fraction of the cost uh, that we were able to do that even yeah. just a few short years ago. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. And what is your perspective of 2023? Because what I hear is like the first three quarters were really, really tough. Like there was, and there is um, like a slight recovery in Q4 and, uh, you know, higher bounce in, in Q1 actually, actually look much, much better. Um, what is your, uh, you know, experience of 2023? The market. So 2023 was actually a, a, a very solid year for uh, SCG team and our clients. Mm -hmm. um, it was a year of, uh, and, and here's that term that, that is you know, becoming well-known. It's a bit of a buzzword, uh, but I, I'm fairly uh, comfortable with it because I think it really encapsulates uh, what companies were looking to do in 2023. And I'm seeing that continue into 2024, which is simply digital transformation. Correct. Right. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in all aspects. Um, True. So digitizing uh, systems that were manual, um, tightening down uh, systems, uh, more integration, and and we're seeing that really continue into 2024 and beyond. Yes. Yeah. So it's really similar to the feedback that we get from from brands and you know their ob ob observation on 2023 and plans for 2024. So Paul. It's really was a fascinating uh, discussion. Anything from your side that you want to share or add? So I tend, you know, one of the things when we're talking about uh, digital transformation, when I'm talking with my clients, I, I don't often have uh, an opportunity to, to really talk uh, too much about, uh, you know, SCG team and, and myself yeah. as the, as the, uh, uh, owner operator the manager um i i think i i as i spoke of at the top of the call you know i i provide uh, that that oversight and really you know involved with all of the clients and their projects but one of the things that i like to do uh to to really uh, let off some steam and and really um help me cogitate on uh clients tech stacks where they want to go in 2024 um, you know, as you mentioned, 2023, the uh, uh, holiday season was just a real blowout. 
So one of the things that I like to do is take the clients, um, you know, their ideas for where they want to go, projects that we're working on. And I like to cogitate uh, on them uh, here in our beautiful uh, headquarters location of Palm Springs. Uh, so great. Southern California, you know, the desert and, and uh, we have some great hiking available here. And, and I really like to uh, go on uh, walk and talks and, and, and hiking. Uh, a lot of my uh, wow. audience uh, can see that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I film uh, little videos out there uh, on the trail. Uh, so. Uh, and, and that's what I would recommend to all of my clients and, and companies that are really thinking about the next step in their digital transformation is really, you know, go out there, get into nature, uh, really turn these things over uh, in yes. your head and, and then look for some great partners, right, that can help you execute your vision. Amazing, amazing. Like clearing the clutter, right? And put exactly. some more space for thinking, intuition and uh wow really really amazing so i would love to do one of those hikes you know together at some point of time uh, well maybe so, if you uh, are in our neighborhood we have etail west coming up here in palm springs yes, in february yeah. uh yep. so uh i tend not just yourself but uh, anybody that might be attending the show uh hopefully we'll have an opportunity to host you at our uh, happy hour that's going to be at the parker hotel uh, that's going to be during uh, Etail West here coming up in February, right here in Palm Springs. Great, great that you mentioned that. And Paul, thank you so much for your great insights uh, and and you know inspiration for the industry and for you know the coming challenges. Uh, Paul, what is the best way to reach out to you and to SCG team? Yeah, um, uh, we're available uh, on all of uh, the social platforms. The usual suspects, uh, our YouTube channel. Uh, but you can uh, uh, find the, the nexus of everything SCG team at SiebertConsulting.com. Amazing. Amazing. So thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure hosting you here at our show. Thank you, I-10. I've followed your career uh, and uh, uh, Vimy uh, very closely. It, it was really exciting uh, to be part of the podcast. Uh, and I look forward uh, to uh, hearing from uh, your guests of this episode. Amazing. Thank you, Paul. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Your support means the world to us. If today's episode has been insightful for you, consider sharing it with someone who would also benefit. Even one share can make a big difference. Looking to elevate your e-commerce game? Discover Vimy, a multi-channel e-commerce platform that will transform your business with the power of shoppable video. Visit us at vimi.net to learn more. It's vimi, V-I-M-M-I dot net. Thank you for being part of our journey. Stay tuned for more invaluable insights in our next episode.